Hello and welcome to the Zenial Dome's Little Dome. My name is Gareth Gwynn. And I'm Esther Sears. And this is the version of the Zenial Dome podcast where we look back at this month in Zenial history. And I have prepared a set of facts from November 1996. Cards on the table. I've picked something here that I know very little about. Oh, okay. But which I have picked because it's a real case of me wanting to wind you up and let you go. Oh, no. November 1996. ITV stop airing Baywatch <laughs> midway through the season and replace it with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Did they do that? Did you not remember this happening? No! Loved Baywatch. Um, and I remember watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but on Saturday mornings, my sisters would watch Sabrina. Like, it, that was that kind of hit their age group. Yeah. I don't remember it as, like, a Saturday evening thing. Did you feel that you drifted away from Baywatch? Because I'm wondering if you are actually the sort of person where they were like, Esset, stop watching Baywatch. Let's lure her back with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> An alarm went off. Yeah. Um, We've lost Aberystwyth. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's by the beach. This should be perfect viewing. That's what they're all like. Yeah, if we can't get them, there's no hope. If we can't get Aberystwyth to watch Baywatch, what are we doing? (laughs) The the only thing we've got on them now is that they might be witches. I don't know. Was I that fickle? Because I they, I had my favourites. Okay. And obviously I think once some of them started to leave, so we're talking Paul Anderson, Yasmin Bleeth, uh, the... Uh, what was she called? Oh. I, I mean, you're asking the wrong person here, as we've ascertained in previous episodes. <laughs> I didn't watch Baywatch. This wasn't the sort of programme we watched. Sure. sure. We didn't live in Aberystwyth. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think when Hobie left, like um, David Hasselhoff's son in the program, when Hobie left, like when 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 like the the big names left, started to leave, maybe I started drifting anyway. So I've looked at Pamela Anderson. Apparently left Baywatch in '97. Hobie left in '99. But then Pamela Anderson wasn't in it consistently. Or maybe I was livid about it, but I've just blocked it out of my memory because it was so. Heartbreaking. Because <laughs> I would still today choose Baywatch over Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So let me let me read you the article from the time. ITV's decision to pull Baywatch, which is sponsored by Weller, out of its Saturday evening schedule and replace it with a new teen programme has raised questions about sponsorship deals and their vulnerability to programme rescheduling. ITV's decision to pull Baywatch, sponsored by Weller, they're definitely saying, making sure I know that in this article. <laughs> According to ITV, Baywatch has been suspended from air after eight weeks because the programme caught up with the US schedule. And an ITV representative said we began transmission earlier than intended because Sequest 2032 wasn't delivering what we had hoped for. <laughs> Did you follow Sequest 2032? No, but I'm going to Google it. You remember Sequest 2032? The sequel to Sequest 2031. A photo has come up that feels familiar, but no, I mean... That very much. Star Trek The Next Generation's doing all right. That, that's basically the pitch. Set in the brackets, the near future, then more brackets, the year 2018 in the first season. Oh! What? The first season was 2018? Yeah! And then was Sequest 2032 when they went, and let's go further into the future? It must have been. 
One media source said, this is just a momentous cock-up which makes the broadcasters look stupid. Weller will now have a gap in its marketing plans, which it will have to do something with. (laughs) I think it also had something to do with what other channels were putting up against Baywatch. Ooh, tell me. A new US import, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, will run in the 5.30pm slot on Saturdays and is set to compete against BBC One's The Simpsons. Oh! But no one can compete with The Simpsons in 1996. Yeah, because it had been on Sky for years, hadn't it? Oh, yeah, because I think I've mentioned this before, how we didn't have Sky when I was growing up. My parents got Sky when we all left home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So pre-BBC, my exposure to Simpsons was in the magazine Lookin. Yeah. They had a comic strip and... Bart Simpson was everywhere. I remember thinking when I really started watching them properly in like the late nineties, it was like, oh, Bart isn't really the main character in this. Well, the question I was going to ask you was, when you read Bart Simpson as a comic strip and yeah. then watched the program, were you disappointed by his voice, or did you think <laughs> did you think he had? Uh, did no. everyone in the Simpsons have Welsh accents? <laughs> <laughs> A really specific accent from north of Aberystwyth. <laughs> no, but because actually I did have the Simpsons album. So oh. again, even though I'd never watched it, I can't remember when the Simpsons album came out and was it um, Do the Bartman? Yeah. Got into the charts. That must have been early 90s. I like this because you'd never seen the show, but you knew all the songs. Is how some people were with Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, The Simpsons is my Hamilton. The Simpsons is your Hamilton, yeah. (laughs) And in many ways, if you're ever going to understand America, it's not a bad place to start. (laughs) November 1996, Bill Clinton won his second term against Bob Dole. Yeah. Now, what I found surprising is I could vividly remember Clinton winning first time. And I had very sketchy memories of this. It's really funny, as as an aside here, just as a when I was when I was growing up, my dad would always be quite exacerbated by the fact that we wouldn't know who like old presidents and old um prime ministers were. That we couldn't list them. <laughs> but the thing is, I think you have to grow up to a certain age and have lived through loads of presidents and prime ministers to be able to reel them off. And sometimes I will do it in my head. <laughs> Yeah. I'll just be like, oh, how far back can I go? And actually, would it be really impressive if I... So if I start with Margaret Thatcher, actually, there's been quite a lot since then. And it makes me sound really knowledgeable. I was going to say, in terms of how easier when you've lived through a few, I know there are babies now who've lived through three. (laughs) Is that right? Three. I I say three really tentatively because I think the answer might be four. Um... (laughs) And actually, by the time this goes out, who knows? Oh, but yeah. Um, the interesting bits start with when they picked Clinton and Al Gore. Obviously, they have to have an election against the other Democrat. You know, anyone else want to have a go? And um, the person who threw their hat in the ring was formerly incarcerated fringe candidate Lyndon LaRouche. He was a prominent conspiracy theorist, perennial presidential candidate. He began in far-left politics, moved to the far-right. His movement is sometimes described as or likened to a cult, was convicted of fraud and served five years in prison from 89 to 94. (laughs) So he sounds great. 
it's incredible how such a massive big country can never seem to find decent people. <laughs> it's sort of amazing that he went, I'll have a shot. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, he's, he's the best we've got. Like, I, I don't get it. I, if, uh, if we as a country in Wales can put a football team together, that's actually pretty world-class. Like, I don't know how America gets us so wrong every time. Well, Clinton was 50, mm. Dole was 73. Right. And was seen as looking old and frail. But, um, you know, young for a Pope. Well, <laughs> young for a president today. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. It's the thing. Um, but he uh, had an embarrassing fall off a stage in a campaign event in California. Oh, God. He referenced a no-hitter in baseball thrown by the Brooklyn Dodgers, a team that had left Brooklyn for Los Angeles 38 years earlier. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what any of that means, but I imagine in America it's a big yeah. part. Yeah, well, well, we had the same thing in Britain when Cameron... Um, oh. Yes. did the joke about West Ham and everyone went, don't you support Aston Villa? He had to go, yeah, I do, sorry about that. <laughs> Dole was like, was calling Clinton the spoilt baby boomer generation oh. and was saying things like, my generation won World War Two. we may need to be called into service one last time, mentioning the war, mentioning the Great Depression, right. campaign ads that were all like playing on this. And Clinton kind of like didn't mention age but realised that the more that Dole did, the less younger voters were interested in him. Oh, just saw okay. him sort of drift yeah, it's, away. It's one of those things where it's best to say nothing and actually yeah, he's exactly. going to shoot himself in the foot and just, yeah. Dole then realised he had to com- appeal to younger voters, so... Oh no, uh, re- oh no, released, what did he do? Did he wear a baseball cap backwards? <laughs> he released footage of himself on a treadmill. <laughs> He released his medical records, showed he could run on a treadmill, because by now, people that was the concern. It's like, is he capable for doing it? Imagine! Um, but, right, stop a minute. Yeah. You want to rule one of the most powerful countries in the world, in the world, in the Western world, anyway. Like, and you're having to show that you could run on a treadmill. Yeah. Because <laughs> they kind of they did kind of do it with Biden as well. Like they, they question his yeah. um, his uh, ability, his physical ability and stuff like that. But I, I do think like if you're a very intelligent person, a very passionate person, um and, and you you have the faculties to do a certain job, then that's fine. I don't think a fitness test is necessarily the best way to judge. But- and also any one of us could drop dead at any given point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're you're forgetting temporarily uh, Trump's doctor in the um, 2016 election, where he wheeled out that weird guy who went, "Yeah, I'm a doctor, and he's fine." Yes. Oh my god. Who looked like a man who'd run into a fancy dress shop and got most of a doctor costume? <laughs> like they used to wear like with a strap around their forehead oh yeah with, with like, like the light disc. yeah was it, was it a light or was it a mirror it'd be I a light know. wouldn't it yeah, it would be a, it would surely be a light because otherwise someone's just looking at themselves i <laughs> don't know what it is i've never really fi- thought yeah uh, let's find out <laughs> because i'm just wondering why would it be a mirror like a sort of rear view mirror into your own abdomen it's a mirror. Now, why do they wear a mirror on their head? I don't know. 
head mirror it's a simple diagnostic device stereotypically worn by physicians but less so in recent decades as they've become somewhat obsolete mirrors worn over the physician's eye with a concave mirror surface facing outwards and a hole directly over the physician's eye providing illumination like a ring light oh so the light goes off it and into where you're looking this is annoying i think i did know that now I now I look at it. Yeah, I mean, the, the picture thing... makes it look like they've just got a CD strapped there. <laughs> but I, when you said, but I made you doubt yourself. You should never doubt yourself, Gareth, because when you said mirror, I laughed. <laughs> well, we've all learned something. Why were we talking about this? Because I was talking about how Trump's doctor looked like he oh, yeah. quickly... Because he had that long white hair, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> and he kept saying he was a doctor in a way that most doctors don't feel like You shouldn't to. have to say that over <laughs> and over again. Like, yeah, whenever you have a consultation at the GP, they just kind of, they turn to you, put their hand on your knee and be like, I am a doctor, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, despite all the worries over Dole's ability and the backward looking, because as well... Um, one of his campaign slogans was he was building a bridge to the past. And then the Democrats went, we're building a bridge to the future. <laughs> and it was that thing of, ah, oh, they've got us again, haven't they? I guess, though, it, it was that kind of time. And actually, that's the whole point of this podcast is like that period, that, the mid 90s there. It was like um, a crossroads for yeah. a lot of people because we were careering towards modern day. <laughs> well, this is thing, Bob Dole was the first person to tell people in a uh, debate to visit his homepage. Oh! Because it was the first election where both candidates had web pages, And Dole said during his uh, during one of the debates that the details were on his homepage. Why isn't he focusing on that? Why is he telling people he's using a treadmill? Like, that's when he's more... got a webpage. Yeah. Yes! Wow. So both web pages are archived. There's barely anything on either of them. It's very much just a nod to like, I've got a web page. Um, Clinton Gore, 96, building a bridge to the 21st century. The special message from President Bill Clinton has a picture of a red phone and a modem with lights flashing to show how modern he is. So modern. And then if you click on the message from Bill Clinton... Uh, it is in the form of an email where in the two box it says all Americans. <laughs> wow. Oh, there's, a, there's a nostalgic clunkiness to it that I love. Like, Yeah, it's it's one of those websites which viewed on a modern browser, everything is piled into the centre of the screen. Mm. And I don't know if that's because of resolutions and on an old computer it would be more spread out. Yeah. Do you have a message you would like to see on this site? If you have an anecdote, thought, story, photograph, video, audio recording you would like to share with other visitors to this site, you can send us the location of your materials electronically. Do you know what? I would not ask the American public for anecdotes about Bill Clinton. Because I was, um, I did check quickly um, when you were introducing this topic to see where the Monica Lewinsky scandal fitted into this. And it's it's across this timeline. So it's 90, 98 is when it all came to light. So this is 96. Yeah, so, so this... I think... So we, we won't delve into that now because I have a lot of opinions about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's just it's interesting to put it into context of that as well, that while all this was happening, all that was happening. <laughs> yeah. Because what we've talked about already 
it's all been America. Yeah. During this time, in the mid-90s especially, mid to late 90s, America's influence on our culture and our politics, and, and I, I know that it kind of bleeds through, you know, anyway, like it still does bleed through. But in this snapshot, it, everything around you felt very American. That is so queuing up the final thing we've got. Is it? That oh it's my a God. bit creepy. To the really? point that what I'm going to do now is just play the little sting that separates the bits. <laughs> <laughs> and now for our third thing. <laughs> wow. um, is this like the podcast equivalent of syncing our periods? <laughs> 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 have we just done so yeah. many episodes now that i just know I just you know, know what's, what's coming there yeah absolutely <laughs> um so i was having a look at what was uh in the charts and what was number one and i think it was robson and jerome and oh, we haven't um, done one of these for ages and um e17 were on the list with um the song that they did with gabrielle and there were a few things like that and i was like okay and spice girls were in there and then there was one song and i went I had forgotten that this happened, and I think as a nation we need to stop and have a think about this. At number eight in the charts that week was Hillbilly Rock, Hillbilly Roll, which was a song by the English country rock trio The Woolpackers, which was created as an attempt to cash in on the line dancing trend that was sweeping the United Kingdom using three actors from the soap opera Emmerdale. Oh my god. First of all, the line dancing thing. Were you ever swept away by the land dancing? I remember maybe an aunt or something had a line dancing party. Right. And they was like, no, it's time for the line dancing. And someone played music and you all had to follow someone. And it's like being in a sort of slightly more friendly version of the army. That's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) As I explain it now, that's how it sort of feels. It's a lot of marching. (laughs) <laughs> to a beat. <laughs> oh my God. It's like North Korea, but with more fringing. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, <laughs> the people behind Emmerdale went, we should get in on this, and introduced a line dancing song into the into the plot. So, And it went to number one? Uh, so it got to oh. number five on the UK oh. singles chart. It earned gold sales certification. It finally reached gold in October 2022, which means some people were still playing it to get it over that line. <laughs> it wow. stayed in the top 20 for nine weeks and was the country's 41st best-selling single of 1996. So I've always loved like exercising and stuff. And so for me during this period, I was very much into Tybo. Tybo? Tybo. Oh, this guy, Billy Blanks, uh, had created like this kickboxing exercise regime and he had like studios in america and then it came over here and like it just yeah it was a massive big craze so if i was doing any kind of exercise i was doing roundhouse kicks right (laughs) which you can't do when line dancing because there's people inside of you (laughs) too many people i know (laughs) but um i don't know i never got into it and 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 to be honest if emmerdale had released um a single to try and and cash in on it it would have put me off it completely apparently the 80s film urban cowboy had caused a trend for country and western culture Mm. um and then you had billy ray cyrus with achy breaky heart that had launched line dancing into the mainstream it sort of went from there and next thing you know everyone's getting into line dancing steps did five six seven eight the following year 
Yeah. Is anyone line dancing now? I don't know if anyone's line dancing now. I don't think there's... I don't think the youth have the discipline. <laughs> Gen Z won't stand in lines long enough to uh, to line... Actually, do you know what? That is incorrect. That is wrong. Because if anything has shown that Gen X are big fans of synchronised dancing, it's TikTok. So actually, I think we are well overdue a full-on line dancing renaissance. Oh my god, that's true. That was, And I, it was one of those things that would sweep TikTok as well, I reckon. Yeah. If the right person did it... It'll, everyone will do it. it. Yeah. The only problem is you've got to put your phone in landscape. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise it's just two people and that's not a line. <laughs> So that is November 1996. If you have any memories of line dancing, you can get in touch on the Zenial Dome at hotmail.com or you can send us a tweet, an Instagram message, a TikTok, or a MySpace. Um, I can't remember if we've mentioned, we haven't mentioned that on our MySpace page the entire time we've misspelt the word Jeeves in Ask Jeeves and no one has pointed it out to us because I don't think the MySpace has been. Oh, and we haven't noticed until now either. No, no, we didn't. It's taken it's taken us well over a year to notice. Um, so what 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 I'm saying is maybe err on the side of email and uh, and Instagram, just as a tip. Um, thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week. Bye.